Welcome to Activate Church Podcast and thanks for listening. We hope this message helps you and we pray that God speaks to you through this week's message. Well, he said it. I'm Armando. I'm here to help. (laughs) So that's what goes around in the office now and then when people call and they ask for me and the, uh, (laughs) the sentence always comes back. I'm Armando. I'm here to help. And that's what we do. That's what we do at the state office. As he said, me and my family, we came to Australia roughly four years ago. We were living in Belgium uh, before that. I was living in Germany. I lived in England. I was born in Italy. Uh, I have traveled through all Europe. I have learned quite a few languages uh, along the way. And uh, when... uh, Things become hard or difficult, I just simply say, me, English, no good. I no talk, you know, and then I can always rely on all the other seven that I speak. So, but it is a great, a great privilege to be here with you today, and I'm very excited to be with you. And uh, I want to thank Pastor Ben and Pastor Sarah for their invite. And uh, as I said before, uh, that's how we met, or that's how... We got in contact, and let me tell you that since then, our friendship is developing. And let me tell you as well that you have great pastors. They are excellent pastors. You know, with my job as uh, the state office manager, I get to meet a lot of pastors. I get to interact with them. I get the chance to help them in what they are doing. I help them to keep their criminal record clean in order for their church to have open doors and not closed doors on Sunday. And, you know, you get the the gist of it and you interact with people from different cultures. uh, But let me tell you again, you have great pastors. Let's just give it up for them this morning. God is here this morning, and He has a message for us. And I get the great privilege to actually bringing you this message. And my encouragement to you this morning is really to open up our hearts, our spirit, our ears. Lean in. Amen? Okay, let me try this side. Okay. Lean in. Amen? All right. So, I don't have much time, and I can see the clock down there. I actually hate clocks. So, can I, if I could cover it somehow. All right. But my, my feeling this morning, as I was preparing for this message, is that God wants to do something new. And I'm not saying it just because every single preacher that comes up says it. But it's because I really believe that God wants to do something new. You know, God wants to steer your heart this morning. He wants to change the things that need change. He wants to encourage you to do better. He wants to help us to go forth, to advance. Because that's what we are called to do. We as a church, we are called to influence And not to be influenced. We are called to transform. And not to be transformed. 
We are called to bring life. And all that, God has chosen to do it through us. Let's pray. Father, I want to thank you for this great opportunity this morning. Lord, I want to thank you for your word. I want to thank you for your Holy Spirit. I want to thank you because you are here. And I want to thank you, O God, because you are the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Lord, I pray that your word will transform us. I pray that you will open up our hearts, our ears. Lord, I pray that you give us understanding to put into practice what you will tell us this morning. Lord, I thank you for my brothers and sisters here gathered. And I thank you because it is all about you and not and nothing about me. Amen. Well, let me tell you a little story before we actually go into the scripture, which actually will highlight the theme of uh, the message today. It's a story that happened in uh, 1800, and to be precise, in 1863 in Germany somewhere. There was a king called Eckenen Beckstein, and it took me a while to actually practice to pronounce it properly. Because already the name was just a tongue twister. But I had the great privilege to learn German since I was a kid because that's where I actually grew up. So this famous king, Eckhart von Beckstein, which was somewhere living in the mountains of Cologne, built this great castle. And he was known to be a great king. But something was bothering him since a while. And it was the fact that people would not go to him to seek counsel. People would not go to him to actually seek advice. So one day he came up with a nice idea and said to his servants, I'm going to do something, something different for my people in order to give them the chance and the courage to come and talk to me. He said, I'm going to put on the outside tower, on the watchtower, a big bell with a long rope so that every time someone wants to talk to me, he will ring the bell and I will come out of my castle to meet him and to speak to him. After some time, nothing was happening and the king was actually getting a bit upset. And his servants were trying to actually, you know, encourage him and say, look, it has been only 10 days. Just don't worry. It will be okay. Sooner or later, something will happen. And so the time, you know, went on. And one day, it was about 4 o'clock in the morning. All of a sudden, the bell rang. All of a sudden, he could hear the bell. So the king was excited, and he woke up all the servants and said, Hey, can you hear the bell? Can you hear the bell? Someone is pulling on that cord. Someone wants to talk to me. And so he put up, went straight out, looked over the wall, and went like, turned around to his servants and said, Hey, do you see what I see? 
And one of the servants went, Tanao, let me check. So they looked down, and there was a horse. A very dirty horse. And he was chewing on that cord like it was a nice chewing gum. So the king said, what's that? Who, you know, whose horse is that? Four o'clock in the morning. You know, his excitement went, turned into anger and said, whose horse is this? And one of the servants said, oh, my king, my king. This horse belongs to a very famous known neighboring knight. He has been fighting all these battles. And this horse has been with him all this time. And now that it is old, the knight has just rejected him. He has kicked him out of his house. And because he's too old to run and to fight, he has just left him there. And this poor horse goes around around our castles, and sometimes we feed him, but we never really engaged into helping him. And when the king heard about the positive narratives that his servants were giving about his horse, that he had fought many fights, and that he had, he had won many trophies, and he had always helped the knight to whom he belonged, the king said, well, Go down, take the horse, bring it into my personal stable, wash him, feed him, and let him be the king amongst the horses. And well, you're thinking, what, what is this for a story? You know, what, what has this to do with church? And well, let me tell you, because someone heard the bell. A situation changed. And the theme of my message today, and hopefully this will work. Whoops. Is this. Do you hear the bell? No, the reality is that because the king heard the bell, the situation of this horse changed. We as Christians, there is one bell that we need to actually hear. And sometimes we don't. Now, how many of you would like to know what bell I'm talking about? Again, this side is, is no good. All right. How many of you would like to know what bell I'm talking about? All right. Now, let me try over here to, to give you redemption. All right. Do you want to know about what bell I'm talking about? Yeah. Okay. So, now we are talking. It's not a doorbell. Let me get this out of the way. And it's not a church bell either, by the way. And if there are farmers amongst you, it's not a cow bell either. The bell I'm talking about, it's a very little bell, which is always used outside the boxing ring. And it's called simply a boxing ring bell. And you are thinking, hang on, what the heck is this today? Let me tell you what it has to do. Let's read the verse together. 
Ephesians 6. You can all see it up there? Great. You see, I went too quick over my notes, didn't turn the page. Here we go. Ephesians 6, 11 to 13. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor, so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then, after the battle, you will still be standing firm. You see, we Christians, we are called to battle. And in my previous young years, I used to be a fighter. I used to be involved in martial arts, in all sorts of fighting sports. And that bell was actually the get-goer. When you're standing on that ring and you hear that bell, it simply means that the fight is on. It means that there is no turning back. It means that you cannot escape. It means that now it's either you or your opponent. Let me quickly read you one of the definitions that uh, the dictionary gives about the, uh, about the boxing ring bell. It says... The boxing ring bell rings and it indicates the beginning of the fight and it gives the fighting instructors the go of a fight. You see, in our world today, there are many fights that are ongoing. Politicians, education... In many, many areas of our society, there are all sorts of fights. The question that I have for us today is, what are we engaging in? What are we fighting for? What are we supposed to fight for? You see, around us, there are so many belts that actually people are getting confused to which belt to hear. People are running to this one, then to this one, then to that one. And they're not being efficient at all. And sometimes we Christians, we actually get trapped. And we start to follow all sorts of bells. And we fall into confusion. And we don't know which fight to actually fight. But I'm actually here today to tell you that there is one fight that we need to engage in. That's the fight for our community. That's the fight for our families. That's the fight for our friends, 
That's the fight for our, and you can put whatever name behind it all. We are winners because God has already won. Can I get an amen? We are winners because Jesus has already won. But we need to actually do something with this victory. Because if we don't, that victory just simply remains there. And we will not have the benefit of it. So you will be asking maybe yourself, so how do we actually win? And I'm glad you asked. How do we win? You see, the first thing that we need to do is simply, whoops, here we go, is simply to know our opponent. The second thing we need to do is to know who we are in Christ. You know, if we don't know who we are in Christ, we won't be able to win. Because His victory can't be fulfilled into our lives. Our victory can't be fulfilled. We need to know who we are. We are more than conquerors, Romans 8 says. And if God is for us, who can be against us? You know, too many walk around without actually knowing who they are in Christ. And because of that, they lose their fight. They get discouraged. And they actually, at the end, are defeated and live a defeated life. But we are not called for that. Amen? We are not called to be defeated, but we are called because we are conquerors through Jesus. Amen? Wow, you're a bit quiet this morning. We are more than conquerors. All right, this, this side is speaking up. All right, so let's go here. We are more than conquerors because that's what the Bible says. And we know that the Bible says the truth. Jesus has already won, and that's why we win. You know, Isaiah chapter 54 says, But in that coming days, no weapon turned against you will succeed. You will silence every voice raised up to accuse you. These benefits are enjoyed by the servants of the Lord. Their vindication will come from me. I, the Lord, have spoken. That's the promise for us. That we have God fighting with us, for us. You know, the devil, he always tries to impress us. And that's why we need to know our opponent. That's why we need to know. You see, when I used to prepare for fights, or when I used to prepare for a soccer game, because this was the second passion I had. Actually, more than a passion, I wanted this to become my job. But I will tell you more tonight about it. You see, when I started to prepare for fights, the first thing we would do, we would watch at least 10 fights of the opponent. 
to actually understand how he moved, to understand what was his strategy during fights, to see how strong he was, to see his endurance, to see what techniques and tactics I had to actually apply on the boxing ring to defeat him. And the same goes for us Christians. We need to know who is our opponent. We need to know how he works. You see, the reality is that the devil will not come into our face because it would be too easy. But he always tries to find a scheme, to find a tactic with a little thought, with a little here and now and then, and planting seeds to let them develop into anger, disappointment, etc., etc. We need to know. And you know the Bible is actually full of indications and informations on who he is. There are over 142 instances in the Bible that describe who he is. There are over 52 Bible verses that give us his names. There are 18 verses mentioned in the Old and 35 in the New. You know, sometimes we lose our fights because we don't read enough. You want to know your opponent? It's all here. And if we sometimes lose, well, maybe it's because we haven't read enough. It's all here. And I'm just going to close with a closing thought. And as the worship team comes up, you know, once we know who we are in Christ, and once we know our opponent, the very last thing that remains, it's then to fight, to endure, to persevere. You know, the, the devil never comes at you once, but he will try. And we heard it in that brilliant testimony. He will never try once. Remember Jesus in the desert? He went at him once and then twice several times and then later on in the garden of Gethsemane trying to make life hard for Jesus but Jesus knew who he was and because of that he has defeated him amen he will come but we are more than conquerors he will maybe come in several different ways. But the reality remains that you can do it. We can do it. We are called to fight. And the easy thing about it is that it is a fight that we have already won. We Christians need to hear that bell that tells us, Go! fight because I have already won says the Lord
and you might be struggling with sickness with maybe a family member with a certain situation at school at work in your society but I'm here today to tell you that you can do it Amen. we are called to fight and we already know from the beginning that we will win that fight let's fight let's rise up fight for our families fight for our church fight for our community fight for our friends fight for our call we are here to fight because we are winners trust you enjoyed this week's message for any more information about activate church check out our website www.activatechurch.com or download our app online and have a great week